0: Monday. Welcome to the very first episode of Maya's Music Motive. Just to provide a little bit of introduction, this is a podcast giving a little bit of insight about the music industry, which is my favorite topic to talk about personally, garnered towards um, your normal regular schmegular Gen Z media consumer, which is all of you listening right here, right now. Yes, and I am correct. I did say the very first episode. So thank you if you are here tuning in, joining me listening to me talk about these things I'm going to be unpacking in a few minutes and I hope that you enjoy yourself and I hope you get to tell your friends and return to but before that I know you're thinking who's this person speaking on my laptop or on my phone to me on this very early Monday morning well my name is Maya Abrams you will never hear me use my last name after this I just go by Maya here Um, providing a little bit of information on myself I'm from Dallas Texas originally so if you're any Texas Bama's out there what's good? Um, from Dallas. I have loved music since I think I could walk or sing. I think I sang before I walk. Um, Anywhere I go in my life, music has just always followed me. I should have known this is where my career was going to end up, but it took a little bit of time. I'll get into that probably over the course of our time together with this podcast. And I ended up getting a degree, sort of in music. I got my first degree at the University of Miami after leaving Texas, And then I had two minors, one in music business and the other in music. And the more I started learning about this very crazy world we live in in music, the more I just needed to know more, understand more, saturate it, soak it in. And I just sort of sucked everything in like a sponge anytime my professors talked about any nerdy topic like copyright, music publishing, live music, labels. It all just sounded really interesting. So I kind of became a source for my friends whenever they would ask random questions about like, why is Olivia Rodrigo giving Haley Williams a million dollars? Which don't worry, that will be an episode. So I thought, "Why, why not continue my education? So I graduated, moved up to Canada, which is also known as Syracuse, New York, to get my master's in audio arts. And here I am on my couch in my apartment, just entertaining you guys for a little bit. But yeah, no, music is really, I feel like, the reason why I was placed on this earth. I should have known, like, that was definitely my first love at first sight moment when everyone caught me singing Mariah Carey's first Christmas album when I was three. Fun fact, I really did think Mariah Carey was just a Christmas album until someone introduced me to emotions when I was about 13. But enough about me. Let's get a little bit into what this podcast is actually about and what I'm trying to achieve putting all of this together for everyone that is hopefully listening. Uh, Just to give a little bit, I have a best friend who's from Tallahassee. Her name's Brandy. Brandy, if you're here, hello. She's a film person. I'm a music person. And we would talk about the industry and talk about our perspective industries and how they affected one another and how they were different and how much we loved them and the things we didn't love so much about them. The older we got, the more we got exposed to it. One day she walked up to me and said, hey, like, why don't we start a podcast and why don't we talk about these things? And I always shut her down. And then... I got the opportunity to develop a capstone project for my grad school, and the project was that I had to develop a business for, uh, pertaining to the music industry, and even though I am looking into several fields in a professional major label setting, I thought, I, I like talking about these subjects, and I have friends that ask me different things that to music, and I usually either have a good answer or I just search and search until I find an answer to give to them, so I thought... Why not give this to more people than just my friends if people around my age that are in college or just starting jobs or kind of getting closer to their 30s care about these things and they care about pop culture and they want to learn more about how this is affected at a deeper level, then why not learn and also share what I learned with everyone else? So then I started brainstorming and here we are with episode number one. So this is pretty exciting, and I definitely have to thank Brandy, specifically along with my friends that supported me and asked me these questions to give me enough time to think about what I would say if I was given a platform, but most importantly, I just want to thank everyone that has taken the time out of everyone's very busy day to listen to me on this first go around. Um, But before we get into our first topic or our first motive of the day, anytime I have a topic, it's called a motive because we're always here to find a motive internally educationally, emotionally, and just in the industry, I've noticed that things move really, really fast. And there's always a motivation to why things move fast in the music industry, hence why I called it My Music Motive. Also, the M's always work out, so it went very well. But yeah, so before we go into our first motive of this episode, I also just have a little bit of structure I want to simulate. So usually our motives or our topics will relate to some either past or present trend in the music industry that I find relevant. It could just also be in general pop culture and I try to find a way to relate it to the music industry. I also am going to be diving into some other forms of entertainment like film or sports or possibly fashion and seeing how they also relate to the industry. And additionally, on top of that, my other episodes will have guests. But for the first one, I wanted to give everyone a little bit of a foundation of who I was as an individual, what my voice sounds like, what kind of vibe I give everyone before I bring everyone else in to join me in and also vibe off of them and celebrate them and their work, along with giving their input to all the amazing topics we're going to be talking about in the future. So with that, let's find out our first music motive. So... For First Motive today, we're going to be talking about the word trailblazer. So what a trailblazer is to me, and I hopefully what you think relatively it is to you, is usually someone that is able to get out of their comfort zone and really set a literally blazing path to bring education or bring opportunity Or bring new light onto situations that either we didn't even think about beforehand as a society or that we have been ignoring, unfortunately, or we have been just unaware of generally or it's been an underlying theme sometimes in life. And I think trailblazers are very important. usually people that I look up to, i.e. Prince, were trailblazers in their own right. And they're the reason why I believe I am here today sharing my thoughts to a lot of people. Um, But today, the trailblazer that I wanted to talk about specifically is a person that's really been filling our ears and our radios incredibly this year and the last two years. He's given amazing, shocking performances, performances that usually have people talking about it weeks following the actual debut of it. And I just think his personality is immaculate just all around. And that person is the incomparable Lil Nas X. So, I know what you're thinking. Lil Nas X, he, didn't he just debut about two years ago, for those of you that really know music, or, you know, may not take him seriously for what reason or not. But actually, this kid, I shouldn't say, okay, we're the same age, but he is doing so much at such a young age and at such a young point of his career. And I think that he is so, not just brave, but just gutsy, and confident and also vulnerable and introspective and intelligent. And he studies his craft so much. And he also really dedicates his homage and actually pays respect to people that really gave him the reason and the platform to where he is today as not just a rapper, not just a pop star, not just a man, not just a Black man, but like a Black gay man that is just crossing over so many different industry-like I like to call them sort of borderlines or walls because usually um, certain types of people, they do get cornered to being a simple, singular aesthetic, um, especially as being a Black performer. Either they usually want you to be a rapper, they want you to do an R&B. It's usually hard for a Black woman to even cross over into pop music, so for him to be doing so much at one time is just absolutely... Jaw dropping, and I'm just so happy for him. But before before I really go into why I'm happy for him, I just want to give a little bit of a brief uh, bio of him just as a person before he really developed his persona as Lil Nas X. So uh, legally, he is Montero Lamar Hill, who's 22 years old, like I said, from Lithia Springs, Georgia. He actually became famous just from posting things on TikTok and social media, which I think is so funny about the pandemic, even though he started before the pandemic, is that we found so many young people that were just doing things that they probably were doing before. We all were pushed into our rooms and our houses and just given so much time to be creative and let our minds unwind without extra distractions. But he, I definitely think the pandemic helped him along with all of the other influencers we see now thriving, but kind of did the same thing before anyone else, which is perfect description scene that I call him a trailblazer. Just doing things in his room, making music in his room, Making music to distract himself and then started playing a song called Old Town Road. The song started picking up on social media somehow, some way. He actually got a feature from Miley Cyrus's father, Billy Ray Cyrus, who was like a country king. And then the song ended up being released and it debuted at number 15 on the Billboard 200, which for a debut single with no label backing. Just being a person doing this thing for fun on social media is absolutely incredible and so crazy to even think about. I I couldn't imagine. But then five weeks later, the song actually made number one and then stayed at number one for 19 weeks in 2019, meaning that this song, which I know we all remember, it was everywhere. It was in restaurants. It was at schools. He was performing for children. It was everywhere. It was on the radio, of course. And that's the reason why it basically took up a whole third of the year on top of the charts. And there were so many great songs that came out that year, and none of them had a chance. Like, it was almost at the point where if a song came out, it was like, let's hope to go for number two, because Old Town Roan is going to stay at number one. And that is just—I think that's a record. If not, that is definitely close to a record, so— that's absolutely amazing for that to be a first debut single. And then after that, with all of the performances and all the amazing music video, and that just to be a single, there was no album actually followed with this. There was another single named Panini that also did well, but that was really just the 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 foundation for him. He won two Grammys, one for top duo performance and top music video, which I thought were very deserving. And his creative mind visually, I'll also get into that a little bit later, I definitely appreciate And then moving on to his current era, which of course just, the album just came out about a month ago, but the Montero era, this is when we really saw Lil Nas X diving into, not really so much the art of controversy, but I think the art of unprecedented confidence is what I'll call it. With Call Me By Your Name, which of course was him laugh dancing with, quote unquote, the devil in hell. And that definitely had a lot of people... Not so on board with him, especially because I think he came out initially singing what was called a kid song, seeing that it was pretty subdued. It was a country song, it was the song, the lyrics were easy for kids to follow. And then you go with something just completely on the other side of the spectrum. The way that he handled the pressure and handled the criticism was, I think, incredibly diplomatic. At first, he went about it where he was just doing anything he could to promote the song, which any marketer would think is. The best way to go about it. It was like he was he was his own individual guerrilla marketing strategist just by himself. Well, there was cash shopping people that were listening to the song, finding ways for people in churches to listen to the song that were protesting the song, doing a deal that with Nike shoes, selling Satan shoes, and there was only 666 of them. Like everything he did is incredibly co- cohesive. And at such a young age to have so many tactics. And of course, he has a team behind him that is probably equally as talented, but Seeing him do so much really off the cuff really gives him the persona that everything he does is solely his decision, all his vision, all his creativity. And I think that song was really what gave me the first impression that this guy is a lot smarter than we all really give him credit and is really doing something powerful that I think everybody needs to keep an eye on. And then after that, there was um, a controversy that he was getting sued by Nike for releasing Nike shoes, um, the Satan shoes. And then there was a sketch version of him in court... Um, playing out like he was going to get arrested for um, selling the shoes. When actually it was, um, I call it Eddie Murphy style or Jim Carrey style. So where it's like him acting as all the characters in the sketch, um, which I thought was hilarious. And then it ended up being the precursor to Industry Baby, which actually just topped number one this week um, with Jack Harlow. And I I absolutely love that song. I thought the video concept, concept was amazing. I love the pink um, jail jumpsuits. I love the choreography. I love the open expression of sexuality in the song. Even though we saw that in Call Me By Your Name, I think turning it into such a taboo subject, like men all together in a prison and finding a way to also express himself as a gay Black man. And so of are making it almost like a fantasy and almost like a party I just think it was really well done and it was a good time to watch. And then seeing him perform the same choreo and the same concept at the MTV VMA Awards this year, I thought he did an incredible job. He had a pretty long melody and it was a lot of choreography and his breath control was present. So I appreciated that as a fellow performer. And yeah, I just think those two singles were so strong and they're easily two of the strongest songs that have come out this year. This has definitely been a competitive year for singles and a competitive year for artists in general. Like, not to go too much on tangent, but like, Olivia Rodrigo is very present. Billie Eilish is very present. Doja Cat is very, very present. So he's definitely representing for the guys, I think. And I think his hard work is definitely being recognized. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that. And then actually moving on to the album release of Montero. Well... Before I go into that, there was also the announcement that he was releasing the album by announcing he was pregnant. And that did have some controversy, seeing that he was, quote unquote, mocking women that were pregnant. And of course, their difficulties with women and their pregnancy. And I definitely agree with that. But him giving birth to an album and then timing the album to actually be the length of a pregnancy, I think, was very clever. Whether I fully agree with that specific um, marketing strategy or not, I definitely think doing a video of him giving birth to the album was really well done. And then he gives birth to this beautiful body of work that was incredibly done visually and just literally like a beautiful work of art just from the cover art. So then actually going into the album was really, really riveting and eye opening and Initially, I just thought it was going to be a lot of bangers and songs about, you know, confidence and loving yourself and kind of what he's been doing with all of his singles. But then seeing that there were songs that are really about vulnerability and growing up in a household that doesn't fully agree with your sexuality and then kind of having to find yourself and find your own chosen family. And we've heard songs like this before, but I just think a certain level of vulnerability, specifically from a man that is still a rapper, that is still associated with hip hop. But also associated with pop, and at such a young age, his emotion, emotional intelligence one is way, way past what I could ever imagine. And two, it just really—I I, didn't—I didn't think I would cry to the album, but I did. But it just gave me such a strong sense of respect and love and adoration for him that I. Hope that everyone else is feeling. I mean, the album debuted at number two, which is amazing for a debut album, especially with the competition that he had at the time, which was Kanye and Drake, and that was already a really, really intense time for hip hop. And he, I definitely think he proved himself as an artist and as a writer and a creative. So, that all all props to Lil Nas X right now and his just ability to really share that section of himself and that much of himself and his first body of work, which I always feel like is hard because that's like your first real impression to the public. And that's how people are going to really know you from that point on. And one thing that I picked up from him in his interview from Zane Lowe is that Zane Lowe was asking the song, um, the last song with Miley Cyrus ends with a water droplet. And he asked like, what was the concept of that? Where did he get that from? And Lil Nas X explained that The Water Droplet was sort of saying the end. It's the end of the album. It's the end of this era of his life. And it also represents death because when something is reborn, a new era of life starts, it's natural to leave some things behind and to leave some things in the past almost like death. And I think being a person that's also going through a transition of life right now, whether it's moving, whether it's starting a new point in my career, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's not to think of it as death, but just to think of it as leaving things in the past that won't really benefit you as much as they used to, and being able to move forward with things that are healthy and happy and peaceful. So I thought that was really beautiful, um, just the way he described it. And then moving on to really, I think the most crucial reason why I think Lil Nas X is a trailblazer is that the fact that he is a Black queer man— in the space, taking up so much of the space and finally getting all of his flowers that he very much deserves, despite still some of the very um, open backlash that he has been receiving or has been received by gay men in general this year alone. I mean, this weekend, ironically, there were tweets that were released by Lil Boozy. If you don't know who that is, he's a rapper out of Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, who is um, pretty known in Southern rap. Like he's, I would say he's very much established, um, and especially in Black culture as well. And Lil Nas X joked, because Lil Boozy has been on Lil Nas X's ass for, weed, I don't know how long, and he joked that him and Lil Boozy were making a song together, just doing a slight lash, but just, I guess, a comical lash. Like, it wasn't anything malice or anything really worth freaking out over, and Lil Boozy just tweeted completely vile things, um, said a bunch of slurs to Lil Nas X, and ultimately told Lil Nas X to end his life, trigger warning. Um, and I just the fact that that happened, even though it wasn't fully re- responded by Lil Nas or he actually didn't reply to it, it's just you're, you're a grown man and you're telling someone barely in their 20s in their life because they are being happily themselves and they are being successful being themselves in a space where we have taught people that in hip hop they have enabled to thrive like You have to be male, and you have to be homophobic, and you have to be straight, and you have to be a toxic masculine alpha male. But also we're living in a time where we have never had so many female rappers that are fully thriving and supporting each other and performing and charting and doing their thing and just incredible lyricists. I mean, I can think of 10 off the top of my head. But this has never happened before. And alongside that, on the other side of things, we're finally getting rappers that identify as gay and lesbian and transgender and queer and non-binary that are actually getting their voices heard and actually being placed on platforms in a space that thrived off of toxic masculinity. So then you have people that believe they would get their best shot at making it being this epitome of just, absolute evil in my world, but I guess I'm a little bit biased. So, and then you see someone that's 22 years old that has really only been making music for about two to three years max at at the top of the charts. And he's probably going to be nominated for Grammys and probably win more Grammys and will be going on an international tour. And there's a certain sense of entitlement and a certain sense of just, I think, utter disrespect that I'm Honestly, very tired of seeing, even though I'm only 22, I feel like I've been witnessing it for a very long time. And I think that this is making a lot of people in in the industry that weren't very solidified with their opinion of people that don't just completely identify with them or people that are quote unquote different think like, how do I feel about this? Like, how do I feel about a Lil Nas X saturating my space? How do I feel about a Lil Nas X like taking up all of this attention that I may not be getting? And I think that's why we're seeing so many rappers or so many straight men kind of have to make sort of like either apology tours or make announcements or make proclamations of how they stand because it, it, it does matter. And I think it's been a long time that people are able to sort of weave around it or sort of avoid the question or sort of keep their beliefs to themselves just to stay marketable. But it's now finally a point where like, being hateful won't make you any money or being hateful won't make you marketable. It'll just make you come off as an asshole. Um, So I definitely think Lil Lil Nas X's presence will provide a pathway and trailblaze for so many more queer creatives to actually get to do what they want to do and get the full respect that they fully deserve and get the flowers that they deserve versus creating the culture like they did in Ballroom back in the 90s and then just have a all respect to Madonna, I love Madonna, but then have a white woman have to be their voice because no one wanted to listen or no one gave them the full respect that they should have been given 30 years ago. And I'm so happy that Madonna took those creatives and put them on tour and gave helped them get jobs and gave them a platform because that's helped us bring us to where we are today. But I also don't want to live in a world where we as people of color, we as queer people need others to kind of co-sign us to us to be taken, for us to be taken seriously. I think we are all very much intelligent and very much have skills to be significantly recognized for our talents. Um, And then just kind of a final point I wanted to get into just giving a little bit, because I do want to keep to the music industry theme uh, on terms of a factual, but just relating to why this matters on industry terms. um, Well, there has been previous history of recording artists that were placed in the closet or were, queer in any way, shape or form in the LGBTQ plus community that basically were told to keep their identity a secret or to stay face or to keep their cool, whatever you want to say it, basically act like they're straight in order to keep their record deal or to sell records or to be on the radio or to be able to do what they do which was, or do what they love, which is sing and make music, i.e. Um, Billy Porter, who is an amazing actor, singer, activist, idol, amazing icon, I love him, uh, he's talked like vigorously about how he was signed to a label as an R and B artist in the '90s, and he was, and he had to make he made his music, he wrote his songs. Some of those songs didn't get cleared because they showed too many signs of homosexuality at the time. It's just pretty daunting to be in a world where you want to work in a certain industry, and I think every every workplace has its flaws for sure. But I couldn't imagine having to tell someone that they can't be their full selves, or they can't express themselves in their art the way that they wish to because of who they choose to love, which is fully no one else's business. So hearing stories like that and then hearing stories about like possibly Tevin Campbell, who was an incredible vocalist and still is an incredible vocalist and everyone just took all the time out of their day in the 90s to just speculate about his sexuality, not even just speak on it, like directly ask him versus asking about his music and asking about his artistry and asking about his incredible voice if we could just kind of dye that down a little bit and start actually just allowing people to express what they wish to express and be as vulnerable as they wish to be with their music and appreciate the art and appreciate the person, I feel like we would be so much better off, not just in the industry, but outside of it, as music consumers, as music listeners, as music lovers, most importantly. And I'm I'm hoping that Lil Nas X will really make us wake up first and then really respect him years down the line, when we start seeing a very different environment of rappers and pop singers and lyricists and songwriters. So I'm just very, very excited for him. I'm very excited to be a young 20-something while he's around and just to watch him grow. And if you ever heard this, um, you are very appreciated and loved and cherished over here at Maya's Music Motive. So thank you just for being present and for being incredible. And with that, that, that's really my motive for today. So thank you so much for listening to me. This was pretty great. Not to be an anti special but this was really, really cool. Um, Next episode, I will be having a new motive. I will also have my very first guest. So I'm very excited for that as well. But thank you so much for coming to the first episode of My Music Motive. And I hope you stay groovy always and have a great rest of your night.